Let's make some adjustments. It's the halftime adjustment. What up? We are here. We are back. And some big news is, is happening today. Some big, gigantic news happened this morning and happened yesterday. By the way, yesterday was my birthday. And uh, happy birthday to me. <laughs> because my birthday gift was Sean Payton. And I'll, I'll get to that later. I'll get to that later. But for now, for now. I'm just so happy. I'm just so happy. I mean, we got Sean Payton. Sean Payton. Anyway, but someone retired this morning. Will he stay retired? I actually do believe so. I think he is officially done with uh, being a quarterback of the league. And oh boy, oh boy. 20, what, 23 years? He's 22 when he got in the NFL in 2000. 45 when he left. 23 years. It's a long time for a football player, especially a quarterback. But this man, Tom Brady, is done. Finished. Let's take a look at this man. Seven Super Bowls. Three-time MVP. All-time passing leader. I'm sorry. The seven Super Bowls is what, is what get, gets me. This is the GOAT. When you think of a GOAT, who do I think of in my mind? I think of Michael Phelps. think of Usain Bolt. think of Muhammad Ali. I think Tiger Woods. But there's one that sticks out from the rest to me. And it's this man, Tom Brady. Now there's a reason why I didn't say anything about Michael Jordan or LeBron James. That's a heated debate right there. But for right now, we are talking about football, baby. It's football season still. We got Pro Bowl and we got the Super Bowl. But this man, Tom Brady, I'm saying I'm saying that word a lot. This guy, Tom Brady, the GOAT, greatest of all time. They should just call it Brady. Why call it GOAT anymore? Let me let me get something more clear. If you guys don't understand how important this man is, ah, same man a lot. That's what I'm getting at. Let's see how important this quarterback is. He had three Hall of Fame careers. Now you might be wondering, what do you mean? He's he's the GOAT. Three Hall of Fame careers, that, that doesn't make sense. In his 20s, he was 22 when he was drafted. So eight years, eight years in the league. This is what this guy did. 21,564 yards passing. 147 passing touchdowns, three Super Bowls, and one MVP. Drew Bledsoe goes down. Who comes in? Tom Brady. What does he do for the next eight years? Does this. I believe, too, when he came in, he was a 14-3 and three as a starter. Yep. 14 and 3. It's either 13 or and 4 and 14 and 3. I'm pretty sure it's 14 and 3. That's what he does. In his 30s, he had 40,018 passing yards. Now, to make this uh really click in your head how much this really is, here are some here are some quarterbacks that didn't even do that in their whole career. This is just what he did in his 30s. So 10 years. Quarterbacks that did not reach 40,018 passing yards are Donovan McNabb, Steve Young, 
and Tony Romo. Tony Romo played for a long time. We all know this. Obviously, there's a lot more quarterbacks, and I'll get into that later of the quarterbacks that haven't hit the passing yards that he hit in his 40s. But in his 30s, Romo was the name that stuck out to me. And Steve Young. Steve Young is one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. We all know this. For the 49ers, Donovan McNabb is one of the greatest Eagles to ever play. Tony Romo is one of the greatest quarterbacks to play for the Dallas Cowboys. Obviously, you got Troy Aikman and uh, Roger Star- Starbar. Star- nah, butchered that last name. It's so hard to say. Star- Starbar. Star- it's a tongue twister. Tongue, tongue twister. Either way. Tony Romo, we could all admit, was a pretty good quarterback. (laughs) But Tom Brady, in his 30s, 40,018 passing yards? That's insane. On top of that, he had 309 passing touchdowns. He also had two Super Bowls and two MVPs. If you ask me, in his 20s and 30s, it's looking like these are Hall of Fame careers. He could have retired at age 30. And he was a first ballot Hall of Famer. He could now retire at age uh, 40 and be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Now we all know his 2019 season was a little rocky. So let's get into his age 40s. In his 40s. And he only played five years, keep in mind. Five years. 27,632 yards passing. Now who does that beat? Well, let's look. Dante Culpepper. We know he was good. Archie Manning, father of Peyton and Eli Manning. Now, we know that Manning family. We know that Manning family's got some talent. We're seeing Peyton's nephew right now. That's, I think his name is Archie Manning, too. Right? I think so. He just committed to Texas. We'll see how that guy does when he gets into the league. And he's already looking elite. Then another name that popped out to me, obviously, he had issues outside of football. But we knew he was solid, both on the ground and in the air. Michael Vick. In Tom Brady's 40s, he played five years, and he beat these guys who played seven years plus. He had 27,632 yards. Now, when I was looking at this, I was looking at people like Terry Bradshaw, Otto Graham, guys like that. Right, and I'm thinking to myself, well, yeah, Brady beat him, but that was that was the time where a lot of running happened, like a lot of handoff and get it up the middle, a lot of a short throw and nothing, nothing deep. Obviously, in Brady's 40s, this is a passing. That that this is the generation of passing. We're looking at an offense that's in the Super Bowl, led by personally me. I think in two years you could 100% start calling Patrick Mahomes the goat. Of football, there there's nothing that he can't do. There's nothing. <laughs> I just like try to think of something that he can do, can't do. But all I think of what he can do. Ah, let's think. Throw the ball. Can he throw it far? Yeah, we saw what he did when he had Tyree Kill. Is he accurate? Yeah, we're we're seeing what he could do with Juju Smith Schuster, Kadarius Tony. That ball against uh, Cincinnati where he threw Patrick Mahomes with a high ankle sprain, which usually lasts about two, three weeks to heal, and he's coming off 
eight days, seven days. And he comes and throws a ball left side toward the end zone. Perfect ball, too. If he had a better receiver than Kadarius Toney, that receiver's making a catch, and that's a touchdown. Because it was such a perfect ball. Now, what else am I thinking? Does he have great pocket awareness? Well, I mean, he's had a really good O-line his career. Maybe not last year, but... <laughs> He still did his thing last year. Yeah, he threw more picks, but let's look at those picks. His receivers dropped it more. Ah, I'm getting off topic here. I'm getting off topic. I'm talking about Patrick Mahomes a little bit too much, but I'm trying to make a case of how good Patrick Mahomes is. But I, I got to talk about, I'm going to talk about Patrick Mahomes next week because it's Super Bowl week next week. And we're getting into Patrick Mahomes. Let's stay on topic here. Brady's 40s, 27,632 yards passing, beating Dante Culpepper, Archie Manning, and Michael Vick. Incredible. Then he has 193 touchdowns and two Super Bowls, one with different teams. There are so many things that you could bash about Brady when he was with the Patriots. Number one, easy division that he was in. He had the Bills, which were bad at the time. He also had the Jets and the Dolphins. All those teams being very bad, so it was very easy for him to get into the playoffs. He also has one of the greatest coaches of, of all time or the greatest coach of all time. Question is, was, is he really the greatest coach of all time or did he just help having the greatest player of all time? Think about that. So we've seen right now Bill Belichick without Brady not do too well. He hasn't. Has he had anything on offense, receiver-wise? No. Nothing comparing to Edelman. No, I'd say Edelman because Brady really made his receivers. O-line. O-line's always been, I think O-line's pretty solid. Uh, not the greatest, but also not the worst. I'd definitely take it over what the Broncos have. Yeah, let's look at running backs. Running backs have always been decent for the um, Patriots. I mean, LeGarrette Blunt, James White. Now they have Ramondre Stevenson. They've had Damian Harris. They've had really just I running backs, you know? Tight ends, they got Jonu Smith, and then they got Hunter Henry. I like Jonu, and I like Hunter Henry, but nothing compares to Rob Gronkowski. Defense, defense was okay this year. Jonathan Jones really was a breakout. Matthew Judon played phenomenal. But let's look at those defenses when Brady was uh, playing with them. I mean, you had Michael Bennett. Really, they just had old team, old kind of players. At one point, they had Vincent Wilfork. Uh, Rob Nikovich was really good. Malcolm Butler, who we all know what he did in the Super Bowl. Got that pick, slant route, picked off of Russell Wilson. Should have ran the ball. Um, the McCourty brothers, always been good with them. They've always had a really good defense. I mean, Stephon Gilmore is another person. They've always had a really good defense. Matt Patricia definitely helped out with that defense too, but I think Belichick was the main reason that defense was good. So, I'm going to say, yeah. Having a really legendary coach definitely helped out Brady. So those are excuses that you can make about Brady. But the receivers, those receivers are nothing without Tom Brady. Eric Decker played for the Broncos. Was he good? Yeah, he was good. He played for the Patriots. Was he good? He was great. You know why? Because Brady made him great. 
there are so many things that you could say about Tom Brady and about his short passing and then let him run. But when you look at those times, you're just realizing that he's just making a smart play. He's realizing pressure's coming, dish it off quick, get a couple yards, and he's time managing. And then those plays where he had, ooh, voice crack, where he had to fit the ball in, where he had to go deep, he made it happen. Then this guy, 2019, has a bad, bad season. Bad season. People are calling him washed. He's done. He should retire. What is he still doing on there? He's an old man. Get this guy a cane with some tennis balls on it. But here he comes. He goes to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Everybody's saying, what is he doing there? There's nothing there. O-line's bad. You're just making it worse. Huh. Then you get Rob Gronkowski. Then you get Nabakansu. Then you start to get, uh, who else did they get? Leonard Fournette. Playoff Lenny. And this is, this to me, I was such a Brady hater, and I think most of us were, when he was on the Patriots. But here comes this night, 2020. Crazy year. Crazy year. We all know about 2020. Tampa Bay Bucks are in the Super Bowl against the Kansas City Chiefs with superstar Patrick Mahomes, Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey. Phenomenal offensive line with what? Mitchell Schwartz at that time being their best offensive lineman. And then on their defense, they got Tyron Matthew, Chris Jones. Uh, they had Kendall Fuller at that time too. Kyle Fuller. No, Kendall. Kendall Fuller which is their better corner cornerback going to get against Tom Brady first year as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer and he wins it he wins the Super Bowl in that moment that moment right there was like there's no other person that I could say could do something like that there's no other person my whole argument for most of my football watching career as a fan was Peyton Manning's better. But once Tom Brady won the Super Bowl first year as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer, I'm like, huh. Peyton didn't do that for Broncos. And he just came in here and did all this. That's why he's the GOAT. The GOAT. Anyway. So that's Tom Brady's career. Three decades with three Hall of Fame careers. And looking back, I took his career for granted. Man, was he just good. It's Sean Payton time. It's Sean Payton time. We got him. Oh, you know, I was, let me tell you, I was having my birthday. It was going good. A lot of happy birthdays. And then, 17 now, I started this podcast thing 15, 14 years old. We are 17 years old. Time flies. And birthday, having a dinner with my mom and dad. And this notification happens. Sean Payton. Traded to the Denver Broncos 
for a first round pick this year, which is the 29th pick, and a second round pick next year. And we get a third for next year. And this man, Sean Payton, baby. Oh, my God, man. I'm just so happy. I'm, I'm, I'm ecstatic. I'm ecstatic. If we look at the track record of coaches, Hall of Fame type coaches, to be traded to a team and see what they've done. Start off with one. John Gruden. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, what, what he did... Uh, what he did was despicable, should never have been done. He's a horrible person for that. But I'm talking straight football. He gets traded. You know what he does? He brings his team to a Super Bowl, and he wins it. John Gruden wins the Super Bowl. The minute he gets traded. Let's look at another name. It's a guy that I just talked about. He also had a player that I just talked about, and it's Bill Belichick. He gets traded for a first-round pick as well. <laughs> well, let's just look at the timeline. Six Super Bowls for the New England Patriots in the whole 2000s so far. 2000s and 2010s, six Super Bowls. How many did Brady went, went to? He went to 10. Well, he went to nine with them. So nine Super Bowls they were brought to. Because of this man, Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. But Bill Belichick was traded, and they brought him to Super Bowls. Sean Payton gets traded. Now, I'm not trying to jinx anything. I get it. Broncos' record last year was 5-12. and 12. We were horrible. Trust me, I watched every game. Every game. But, <laughs> Sean Payton, a Hall of Fame coach. There's a reason he's a Hall of Fame coach. He's won a Super Bowl. He's brought his team to the playoffs multiple years. Did he have Drew Brees? Yes, that helps. But it's a team game. It is a team game. You need a coach. You could have all the talent in the world. But if you have a bad coach, you ain't winning none. You are not winning nothing. You're not. Come on now. Come on. This is just so awesome. And on top of that, there's news about Vic Fangio trying to come to Denver. Sean Payton's telling him, I know you had a run here. I know you're a head coach here. But just come to this team and be a defensive coordinator. He knows this defense. This defense was solid last year. Yes, we had Ejiro Evero, who was a phenomenal defensive coordinator. And I hope he gets a good job somewhere else because he, he deserves it. What he did for this defense, I love him for. But if we could bring in Fig Fangio, another great defensive-minded coach, and we saw what he did with our defense too, we could do some. Our defense this year, number one, first, no, we're not number one. That, that goes to the 49ers or Eagles. You could debate that, whatever. I'd say it's Eagles after watching that massacre. Uh, anyway. What the Broncos did this year, 21 points allowed in total offense, 21 points. Rushing, we allowed 109 a game. That's pretty good. We didn't even allow almost a touchdown a game. 0.7 of a touchdown, that's not a touchdown. We didn't allow us, I, I almost say, we barely allowed a rushing touchdown a game. 
which is hard to believe because I'd watch our rushing defense and it'd be horrible sometimes. Passing offense. We're locks, straps, straight straps, locks on the passing game. (laughs) There's about 35 attempts a game and about six passing yards allowed. The whole game, 210 and about a touchdown a game. We were that team. We were good. We were so good defensively. Offensively, that's a whole nother story. We were so bad. I mean, passing yards, horrible. Passing touchdowns, horrible. Running, we were okay. We were okay. But let me get this thing straight. For those saying Russell Wilson's a bad quarterback, did he play bad this year? Stat-wise, on paper, first 15 games, absolutely. Absolutely. There was times where I was wearing my Russell Wilson jersey, Color Rush, and I looked at it disappointed. There was times. But there was also times where I'm looking at this play call, and I'm like, what, what is this play call? How does this help Russ? And I'm looking at our O-line, how we're giving this man two seconds to throw the ball. <laughs> Three seconds. But it's like a snap, reading progressions, sees a guy, now he has to run. Now I get it. There were some moments where there's a dude wide open in the middle. Wide open, and he wouldn't throw it to him. And then there's times where he would try to throw it, and then it would get batted down because he's short. <sighs> so many things. So many things. Broncos only brought Nathaniel Hackett in for one reason. Nathaniel Hackett is a great offensive-minded coordinator, coach. He ain't a head coach. We saw that. But we only brought him in because of one man and one man only, and that was Aaron Rodgers. We thought we could get him, and we couldn't. So we get Russell Wilson as our backup plan. Now we say, oh, Russell Wilson was on our radar all over long, blah, 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 blah. No, he wasn't. I just, it doesn't help either having injuries. That's another one of the Denver Broncos issues that we had. We should honestly fire our strength and conditioning coach and we should fire our team doctor. Injuries and those guys' track records are horrible for us. Vontae Williams out for a season. Bulls out for a season. Garrett Bulls, who had a career year last, not this past year, but the year before, had a career year because they... It helped Bulls out a lot when they loosened up the holding calls. And you start again, those a lot less. Then you have Tim Patrick, beginning of the year, out for a year. And then you start to see our defense go down. But our defense still stepped up. We're having these issues. And and you got to just think, like, what's the team doctor doing? What's the strength and conditioning coach doing? But going back... To this whole coaching thing and why this is actually huge and why this could mean something to the Denver Broncos. We fire Nathaniel Hackett. Explain to me why we have Rosberg as our coach, who was hired by Nathaniel Hackett midseason to help from the Ravens to help us figure out what we're doing, and he starts calling plays for us, helping call plays. Explain to me why we fire Nathaniel Hackett in the last two games where the Chiefs are trying to fight for the number one spot 
and you have the Chargers trying to fight for a playoff spot. So you can't say that we just went out there and just didn't care and we had nothing to lose, so we just went out there and did our thing. Because they're still trying those two teams are still trying to play hard. You can't say that we didn't try hard either. But explain to me why we had 27 points, more than 27 points in those two games without Nathaniel Hackett. Explain to me why Russ actually cooked. Russ still has heart. If you watch those games, you could see that he tried. Now I get it. If you're, if you're trying but you still suck, you still suck. But a superstar talent that he has just doesn't just doesn't go away like that. Just doesn't. That just doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't. And I'm saying this word doesn't because it truly doesn't. Sorry, I got a little angry right there. Let's calm it down a little bit, okay? Week's almost over. And we got this. But Sean Payton. If I were to rank this signing, on paper, on paper, this is an 11 out of 10. 11. Not no 10, not no 9, but 11. <sighs> but you know what, you know what, you know what keeps running through my mind? Is that like, uh, don't give me hope. <laughs> you, like, you know that like little meme, that gif, that, no, don't. Don't give me hope. Forget where that's from. Why am I blanking? Ah, either way. That don't give me hope, that, that's what I'm thinking in my mind right now. It is. But the Bronco biocide is out, and it's saying, let Russ cook. Let Sean Payton coach. We just need our team healthy, Jerry Judy to do what he still was doing, which was getting open, and if he if he was passed to more often and Russ had more time, Jerry Judy would be a top five receiver. If Cortland Sun could take a big leap this coming year, if Tim Patrick could get healthy and be on the same level he was in 2020 and 2021, and if KJ Hamler could come back healthy and if we keep him too, and if Greg Dulcich could do what he did for us in a rookie year. And if Javante Williams could get back into what he was at two years ago as a rookie, I would be ecstatic. And if the coaching works and if everything works, oh my goodness, I'm coming on this podcast every single time with a smile on my face. Because this whole year when I was on this podcast, not a sad face. Not a sad face. I ex experienced... PTSD after watching all those games. We got shopping, baby. We got shopping. All right. Anyway, I tell you what. I think that's a wrap for today. I'll see y'all next week because this outro ain't going nowhere. Peace.